Welcome. I'm Pastor John, and you're listening to the Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene is a Bible-believing church located in York, Pennsylvania. Please be sure to check out our webpage, www.stillnaz.com, for ways to connect, watch, request prayer, and to give. This series, Living Hope, will help you to understand that we serve an unchanging God in these changing times. Now to the sermon. Here's our lead pastor, Pastor Josh Kleinfeld. Hey friends, I'm Josh. And I'm Eden. And we are so happy to be worshiping with you today. Um, We are in our home, built in 1911. That's an old house. Um, And I just want to remind you that at the end of the service, um, we are going to receive communion. So if you haven't already gathered your elements, your juice and your bread, um, go ahead and hit pause, go grab those things, um, and then rejoin, okay? Um, We are in the middle of a series called The Living Hope, and Eden, I will call you back when we are ready, okay? Um, We're in the middle of a series called Our Living Hope, where we are remembering as Christians that we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. And we are remembering that, that verse from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Um, that is such good news. Um, so I have a question for you. What does repentance look like? We talked a little bit about this last week in our sermon, but what does repentance actually look like? Answer that question in your living room or your bedroom or wherever you're watching this, or put the, um, the answers in the um, comments section if you're watching. What does repentance look like? Repentance is basing your entire existence, your schedule, your stuff, your strengths on the living hope. Remember, the Greek word is metanoia, which means to change your mind. So Christian repentance is changing your mind to see your time, your talents, and your treasures through the person of Jesus Christ. As you repent, you actually start the journey of holiness, the journey of Christ-likeness. And what's really awesome is the path of holiness is not just a Jesus and me, and pardon me for the awkward rhyming, but it's a Jesus and we. Uh, When we say yes to Jesus and repent and turn our lives to him, we get to become a part of this incredible community of blessing. We do not walk alone. We walk with others. Last week in Acts chapter 2, we heard about how Peter um, invited a huge crowd of people, a huge, massive audience to repent. He told them about Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, and he said, Jesus is Lord and Messiah, and Jesus is greater than anything, and he wants to involve you in what he's doing in this world. And that day, when Peter gave that message, 
thousand people repented and were baptized. They received the message and they ran with it. Now, uh, let, let's, let's pause for a moment. In this season, um, our world is is facing the pandemic of COVID-19. And there are scientists all over the world who are are trying to figure out a cure, a vaccine for this um, debilitating disease. Um, And what if, what if there was a scientist who found the cure and then was like, oh, and he put the cure in his back pocket, or she hid it in her files on her computer. Or what if there was um, a scientist who found the cure and then was like, sure, I found the cure, and then tried to sell it for lots and lots of money, not making it available to everyone. Well, what the disciples discovered that day in Acts chapter two is they found the cure for soul sickness. And imagine if they had found that cure, realized who Jesus was, and then just went home and did nothing about it. Imagine if they had walked home and mama was like, so what happened today? And they were like, oh, nothing. I just saw a bunch of people. It was kind of fun. No, (laughs) repentance is a dramatic change of direction, a joining of a community. I want you to think about repentance as we hear Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, read by my wonderful Eden. In this passage, we see what repentance looks like as a community. So if you would, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 2, Verses 42 through 47. Eden, what you read? They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. This is the word of God for us today. Can somebody say thanks be to God? Thanks be to God. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Thank you, Eden. Good job. This is what repentance looks like. Repentance, my friends, will rock your world. Repentance will rock the world. And in this picture of of the early church, we kind of actually get a snapshot of what the early church was all about. And in that snapshot, I think we get um, what the heart of the church is about today. Um, And so there's four basic habits that are seen right here in the lives of the disciples that make up the heart of discipleship. Number one, there's teaching. See this cool heart? (laughs) Number two, there's fellowship. Number three, communion. Number four, prayer. 
in the teaching, these disciples were remembering the teaching of the apostles. They were committed to hearing with their ears and obeying with their lives what the apostles had to say about Jesus. They were devoted um, to hearing about Jesus's death and his resurrection. They realized they actually had so far to grow. They still had so much to know. And and truthfully, they had habits in their mind and in their bodies that they needed to unlearn. And so when they would gather to learn, it was so that they could become more and more like Jesus. You cannot become like what you don't know. And so the teaching time was a way for them to grow in what they knew so that they could live the new hope that they had in Jesus. This is why we as a church have disciple groups for children, youth, and adults. We recognize none of us have it figured out. We want to grow in our understanding of God and how we can follow him and become like Jesus. Number two, fellowship. These disciples, when they repented, suddenly had a new family. Paul says that when we accept Christ, we're adopted into Christ's family. John 1.12 says that whoever receives him, there's that word again, receives him and believes in his name actually gets the rights of a child of God. Since these new believers had a new family, they started living a radically different way. They started sharing their stuff with each other. Mi casa, su casa. Um, when, with my kids in my house, I'm not like, all right, now you're living here. You've got to pay me rent. No, what I bring home, I share freely with them. And the early church shared freely with each other, with each other in this new family. I love that because this family wasn't made up of people who were just related. It was made up of all kinds of people and all kinds of classes. I love that. Number three, communion. These disciples regularly practiced communion or breaking of bread with each other. Jesus had commanded the apostles to remember his sacrifice, and so they did. This means that they were a community who regularly took time to focus on the fact that they followed a Savior who suffered and gave his life for others. They routinely recalled his sacrifice, and they remember that it was his sacrifice that started this new community. And so every time they would break the bread, they would remember, oh yeah, that's what Jesus did for us, and that's how we live for each other and the world. How cool is that? That's why we're going to celebrate that truth later in this service. Number four, The final part of the heart of discipleship, the heart of community was prayer. These disciples were a praying people. They were powered by the supernatural. It says that wonders and signs were happening among them. These miracles happened because they were dependent on God. My friends, if we want to be like the early church, if we want to experience the renewal that God has for us, we need to remember these four things. We need to make them central to the habits of our life. 
I, I love how it starts um, in this passage. It says in NIV that the disciples devoted themselves to these four things. The King James Version says they continued steadfastly in them, which that's Sean Connery reading, if you didn't. Oh, okay, anyways, they continued steadfastly in them. And then the Greek says proskarteruntes, which I practiced that and it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Anyways, all that to say, these four things were habits that they persevered in. I think I have a slide for that. Persevere somewhere around here. There it is. These were things that they pressed on and kept doing. They persevered in them. They committed their lives to it. They surrendered their lives to it. They turned their lives over to these things. They committed their calendars, their checkbooks, and their callings. They surrendered their schedules, their stuff, and their strengths. They turned over their time, their talents, and their treasures. And as a result of that commitment, surrender, and turnover, they became a community of blessing, a community of hope dealers, if you will. All these people were joining in. They were watching from the outside, and they were like, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of this. It says the Lord added to their number daily because all these people were surrendering everything they had to the movement of God. People wanted to join in on that. That reminds me of what Peter says in chapter two of his letter. If you're in a disciple group, um, you'll be discussing this later today or later this week. But first Peter two, nine through 10 says this, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When we receive the message of Jesus Christ, when we believe it in our hearts, we become a new people. We move out of just me to we. We, He calls us out of the dark into a grace collective, into a blessing community. Have you ever seen um, the movie The Incredibles? Do, do you remember the villain who shows up at the very, very end of the first movie after the credits? Do you remember his name? If you remember his name, go ahead and put it in the comments or tell it to your friends that you're sitting with or your family members. So um, in, in that story, um, the family is walking away from a track meet and the ground starts rumbling. And all of a sudden, this huge drill erupts from the ground and this rodent-like villain says, Behold the Underminer. Remember that guy? Uh, anyways... We, in our community, have an enemy who wants to undermine the community of blessing, who wants to tear apart the community of hope that God is restoring and building. We have an underminer. And the underminer shows up in these four attitudes. I know it all. Number one. Number two, I don't need you. You don't need me. Number three, Jesus just a side dish. Number four, I can do this on my own. Listen, my friends, 
you don't know it all. I encourage you, commit to learning. Have the posture of humility. Read scripture every day. Get in a disciple group and learn with others and from others. You can join a group at Stillnaz or start your own. But always have this question, what is God teaching me? What do I still need to learn to grow to become more like him? And my friends, you are essential. <laughs> and so are the people that you don't like. So commit to sharing right? Commit your time, your treasure, your talents. Commit your calendar, your checkbook, your calling. Commit your schedule, your stuff, and your strengths. Now that you are in Christ, you are not your own. And so always ask this question, God, what are you calling me to give? What are you calling me to share? And then Jesus is never a side dish. He is always the center, the central meal. Would you commit to centering your life on the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ? Jesus is the main meal, not an afterthought, but the first and last thought of the Christian. Always ask this question, how can I remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ today. And then you can't do it on your own. <laughs> Commit to praying every day, all the time. Pray alone. Pray with others. Pray in your D group. Always be asking, am I trusting God with my thoughts? Am I trusting God with my feelings? Am I trusting God with my words? Pray, pray, pray. Much is lost because people are not praying. Guys, I believe that God is stirring something in our church and he wants to undermine the undermining attitudes that we find in our hearts. Um, and so I just wanna encourage you to remember the teaching about Jesus Christ, to commit to the fellowship, commit to being a part of the family of God, commit to remembering his sacrifice every day and commit to praying every day. Now, you might be asking, so wait, do I have to do those four things in order to be saved? Well, I'm gonna answer the question like this. James says, faith without deeds is dead. Um, when you repent and turn your life to Christ, these are the four things that come out of that. You start sharing your stuff. You start praying more. You start remembering that Jesus' death and resurrection defines your life, okay? Um, when you are saved, you are saved from a former way of living. When you repent, you turn from your sin, which is destruction of yourself and destruction of others. And when you turn from those things, God saves you from despair, disunity, anxiety, and he saves you to a new life, to living hope. He saves you to peace in him. I love that at the end of Acts chapter two, it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Being saved. God is in the process of saving us. We are moving from our old lives to our new life in him. It is a journey of becoming like Christ. 
I want you to hear a story right now about um, two people, a married couple, who have experienced the beauty of surrender and the beauty of a community of people who are surrendered. Um, I want you to hear what um, Ben and Sierra Bodie have to say. All right, welcome back. That's an incredible story. Now, what about you? How, how has Christ brought you hope? What has he saved you from? What has he helped you with? The Bodies have been able to bring hope to others because they've received hope from Christ through the community. What about you? Be thinking about this. I'd love for you to share your hope story with your disciple groups or on your social media. Use the hashtag, MyLivingHopeStory. People need to hear your good news about Jesus Christ. Now, my friends, we're going to be moving into a time to receive communion. In 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 through 29, Paul gives some instructions on how to receive communion and how to prepare our hearts for receiving the broken bread and the shed um, juice or the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. My, my question, to, as you're coming to receive, are you committed to Christ with your calendar, your checkbook, and your calling? Have you surrendered to the Spirit, your schedule, your stuff, and your strengths? This COVID crisis has exposed a lot about our society, about us as individuals, about us as a church. Some really good and some not so good. Our calendars have been disrupted, but for the church, our schedules are under his lordship. Our, checks, our checkbooks have been impacted, but for believers, our treasures are not our own. They are for the community. Our callings have been disrupted, but for believers, our talents are devoted to being blessings to others. So the question is, what do you need to surrender? What do you need to commit to? What have you been holding back? Thank you for joining us for the Still Meadow Sermon Podcast. Again, please click over to our website, www.stillnaz.com. If you have a prayer request, you can go directly to stillnaz.com prayer. If you want to connect with people at Still Meadow, go to stillnaz.com connect. If you want to support Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene financially, go to stillnaz.com give. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be here again next week.